0: me really excited God are the days when you walk in here and think life is never going to change God could never use me all we have to do is look at those disciples who followed Jesus the way in which they followed so faithfully yet so often not getting it so relatable for all of us and so when we look at this passage about jesus and the transfiguration i'll begin with the story and it's really a story about us even though it's a story about muhammad ali who's muhammad ali (laughs) the greatest heavyweight champion of the world And need to wear a seatbelt. So the flight attendant walks back in the plane, comes up to him, and says, Sir, the plane can't take off unless you wear a seatbelt. And of course, he says, I do not need to wear a seatbelt. I am the greatest heavyweight champion of the world. She's like, Oh boy. So she goes back to the pilot. Before long, she comes back out, Sir, the plane can't take off unless you get your seatbelt on. And he goes, I am Superman! I do not need to wear a seatbelt. And then she goes back to the pilot and she comes back out again. And as he starts to protest, she goes, Excuse me, sir, Superman didn't need a plane, you're wearing your seatbelt. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it true that we have really good days? Days that are so sometimes we kind of forget about our need for God, because they're so good. And this transfiguration reminds us how much we do, and perhaps how much we sell Jesus short. So we have this scene set up where a lot is happening before we get to our event. So Jesus is fed the 5,000, all the disciples are there, And then he gathers them close together after the big crowd, and he looks at them and says, who do people say that I am? And what are some things that they say? Elijah, Elijah, a prophet, John the Baptist, right? Predicting that he's the way. So here's what happens. Who is the disciple that goes, you are the Messiah? Peter, right. So all of a sudden, you're like oh my gosh peter gets it of all of them peter gets it and jesus says i'm going to build my church on you peter and then what happens is jesus decides to take them just three of them on kind of like a a retreat i would like it to a mission trip because i really like mission trips (laughs) so peter james and john go off with jesus for eight days lucky And then at the the top of the eighth eighth day, Jesus is leading them up this mountain. Now think about that. A lot of mountains in the Bible, and a lot of mountains people have to climb up to hear from God, right? So Moses got the law, the Ten Commandments, from the mountaintop. Elijah prophesied from the mountaintop jesus will have this transfiguration from a mountaintop and then as we move down the road golgotha once again on the top of a hill resurrection but we haven't got there yet so he's got these three disciples and he's got them with him and they're climbing up the mountain and they're probably like this is so awesome i hope you never have to go back to those other guys We get Jesus all to ourselves, but right before the transfiguration, he actually tells them something. He predicts his death in Jerusalem. And you know, they're making their way toward Jerusalem. So can you imagine? They're like, okay, we finally get it. Jesus, you're not only human, you're divine, you're the Messiah. We saw you do miracles, and now you're taking us, the three of us, up to the mountain. And I'm always reminded, about that little scripture verse that says, too much is given, much is required. So Peter, James, and John, they're up on the mountain. And you can imagine they're kind of talking away. And all of a sudden, there is this bright light. And Jesus is bathed in this light. And it says that they're in shock they're in awe and they're afraid so imagine jesus has just proclaimed peter the head of the church because he said you are the messiah with his words and now jesus is showing them he's backing up his words with action so there he is at the top of the mountain as if they can barely contain themselves who did they see up on the mountain jesus in the middle moses on one side Elijah on the other side. And of course, what does Peter want to do? What would any of us want to do? Oh my gosh, Jesus, let's just stay here. I want to build a dwelling place for all three of you. Oh my gosh, this is going to be so great. I've got it. And all of a sudden it literally says, while Peter's talking, <laughs> God interrupts and says, this is my son. In whom i am well pleased the last time we heard that sentence was in the river jordan when god's voice spoke at the baptism of jesus so you're starting to see these tie-ins. we got the mountain we got moses we got elijah we got jesus transfiguring before them to show them that he is the son of god the messiah sent to save them and then the voice says, there's a little, like, addendum to that, right? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's almost like God going, Peter, listen to him. My son, Matt, when he was younger, I'd be talking, he'd always be like this. Mom, listen. So we've come to listen today. For the voice of God do we think that when we come to church on Sunday morning do you think you've come in here to listen to the voice of God to listen to the words of Jesus you know I think sometimes we we tend to leave the text back in the Bible and so the biggest thing we have to do is to do what the disciples did so now the voices come and now they're really terrified And I love the translation that Bruce read today, the message, because it wraps up in a unique way. It says that they were scared, and Jesus, who has been transfigured before them, where at one moment, all they see is light, like they lose him in the light, and then in their fear, they drop down on the ground, and then all of a sudden, Jesus is right there, the everyday Jesus that they knew. And it says all they can see is Jesus only Jesus I'd like that to be us today that all we see is Jesus because it's really important because out in the world you know the Marvel and the DC comics we got awesome superheroes and yes I've probably seen every movie but but we know that our superhero is the son of God, no cape required, right? Who's come to save us. So how amazing, while this transfiguration is happening, what Jesus is really doing is saying, oh, I got a big call for you. Big, it's huge. Yeah, we're gonna leave the mountaintops. We're gonna leave where we walk and you, yes, you, the three of you and all of us today, Yeah, you're going to spread the message of my salvation to the world. The world. The world. God's love to the world. Amazing. And so what happens in that moment, right, when he's transfiguring, there's this great scene where they're so awestruck. They're like just standing there and jesus is ascending and all of a sudden there's this moment we got their view with the bright light like jesus's view is revealed to us where he's kind of looking down and going hello why are you just standing there we've got this mission you've been following me in my footsteps we gotta keep going we gotta get off the mountain we gotta keep following Got to spread the news of God's love and salvation to everyone. At our design team for worship this past week, Sandy Mangamisto said, It's from awe to action. That's exactly right. It's time to get up and to follow Jesus and to know that He's got us. You know, all this talk sometimes about The realities of the world, and boy, it is a reality that this world is broken. And that's not news. The world was broken when Jesus walked along the roads, right? The world was broken from Genesis to Revelation to today, but that's the point. Because we are broken, Jesus calls us and makes it extraordinary for us. And when we don't think equipped, we get to look at the disciples and all the amazing people in the Bible where they got caught up in sin, where they let their face turn away from Jesus and from God, but they were still used in a mighty way. And isn't that the truth? That when we look to leaders, we'd like to see their vulnerabilities. If we have leaders that put themselves up high and above, we don't know if they're real. We don't know if when they face adversity, they can still call people and inspire them because they believe the truth of what they speak. And that's our call today. It's true. There's a lot of people out there questioning faith. There's so much bad in the world. It seems like it's the end of the world. What's interesting to me Is that the transfiguration today says oh man it's only the beginning it's a new season and before we head into Lent before we go into those 40 days like Moses did like Elijah did like Jesus did you need to hear and I need to hear this message today that Jesus is at work in the world and in us and his mission has just begun There was two guys who were killing an afternoon walking through an art museum, and they were going from painting to painting. They got separated for a while, and they agreed upon a time to be back at the front of the museum. But at the front of the museum, one of the guys got to the painting first, and it was a painting of a chess game. And at the bottom, the title of the painting said, Checkmate. Checkmate means the end of the game. This guy kept looking at the painting and he's like, something is wrong with this painting. And, and his friend comes back, come on, we gotta go, we gotta go. No, wait, stand here, look at this painting. You play chess. What's up with this chess board? And the guy's like, I don't know, I, I do not see anything. Let, let's go. We, we gotta go. But the guy who was there first goes, oh my gosh, the king is still on the board. When the King is on the board there's one move left Jesus the transfiguration as long as God is on the throne as long as Jesus continues to call disciples like us there's always one move left there's never an end game never there's a new season 2020 February new season New call, new year for us. And we don't have to wait for December 31st. We don't have to wait for a big holiday to tell us it's a new year. Today is your new year and mine. Today, we be like those disciples and we move from awe to action. Action. We live the words we speak because my gosh, Jesus is before us and he's always got moves left. And he'll always be with us. You know, I I, uh, I was trying to remember what John F. Kennedy, back in 1969, they had to raise money for the walk on the moon, and they basically said, "Mr. President, you got to go out there and and be dazzling because we we got to do this. I mean, this is unprecedented, and it was great." It was a pretty short speech and he gave it again at rice university and all he said was this we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things not because they are easy but because they are hard because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills because that challenge is one That we are willing to accept one that we are unwilling to postpone and one we intend to win so fulfilling John F Kennedy's vision was about guts and grit and determination and I believe that Jesus is calling us today to be just exactly that We have the strength to do it, not on our own because of him. Sometimes we get lost and we say, I wonder who I am. And he tells us who we are. You are a child of God. You are my brother and sister. I am your Messiah. And where you're going, I'm already there. And what you've been through, I've been there too. And together, we are going to go out into the world and we're going to shape it. And where do we find Jesus? Sometimes in the last place we look, in ourselves. John Gordon gave this commission that I'd like to give to you today. Who you were yesterday doesn't have to limit who you can be today. Believe in a better future. Take positive action. Trust that the best is yet to come. What better day than Transfiguration Sunday when we as a church turn resolutions into resolve, ideas into action, hopes into habits, big dreams into small steps, vision into reality. Let us make it so. Amen.